Hello and welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex, a podcast from metro.co.uk. It's a bit like going back to school, but we've got better uniforms. Ooh, Ooh, miss. Oh, miss. My name is Bibi Lynch. And I'm Miranda. Give me the cane. Do you like that? No, your no. <laughs> your I'm eyes like, say yes. Yeah, everything no, else nothing says, no. says yes. Sweet cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might need to take some more lines to get through that. Oh. oh! And today on the show, we are speaking with um, someone I've wanted to chat with for ages, Miri. Mm. Justin Myers, Ooh. aka the Guy Liner. Oh, nice. Yes. Is he any relation to Michael Myers, aka? big old murdering horror movie thing good great love it love it when my pop references absolutely go over your head <laughs> mike myers michael myers no still talking <laughs> still still talking still talking <laughs> Welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex, writer, GQ columnist, Guardian Blind Date superfan, author of The Magnificent Sons, and one of the beautiful faces of the LGBTQIA plus allyship, Justin Myers, aka The Guy Liner. Hello. Oh, uh, hello. That's a lot of information, isn't it? <laughs> that was a lot I've of information. I've been alive a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, have a little lie down, because that's, that's a lot going on. I wouldn't be able to do that in one breath. So well done. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, where are you? Paint the scene. Where are you? I'm in my gracious drawing room. Uh, my, my flat is upside down. So my living area oh. is in the loft and my bedroom's yeah. downstairs. So I'm in this, I'm in a cavernous loft conversion. In Why is it upside London. down? I don't know. I suppose, uh, I don't know. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I, we'll I, go back later. So you can stick your head out of the skylight and have a cigarette. Oh, I, do there that, you go. I don't know. There you go. No, we'll come back to it later. We don't do well. Um, so look, there's so much to talk about with you. Let's start with allyship. What is allyship? Well, to me, it's a, it's a complicated one, isn't it? The, the whole LGBTQ plus uh, ally thing, because some people think that waving a rainbow flag is enough. And sometimes it is enough. I suppose what it's really about is acknowledging that even though there has been great strides in LGBTQ rights over the last 50 years or so, there's still a lot of work to do. And it's about, I suppose, not accepting this prejudice and bigotry and recognising the fact that whatever your views on homosexuality, bisexuality or you know, trans people, etc., uh, we still deserve to live uh, happy and full lives without this dark cloud of hatred hanging over us so anything you can do as a not non-lgbtq person straight person if you like or a cisgender person is welcome stepping up i suppose amplifying and and kind of you know being there being there i suppose being there at all times rather than just the good times so it's nice that everyone comes to the pride parades and everything yeah mm. but you know sometimes the conversations are difficult to have and sometimes you know, from my own experience, gay lives are very diverse and, and can be difficult. Some journeys can be a bit difficult. So it's kind of accepting that we're not just a homogenous mass. We are a, a vast, swirling, I want to say melange, just because I like I the really, word. Really I really want melange. you to. <laughs> um, a, a mixture of, of personalities, some good, some bad. 
what does it look in practical terms like i i know because i know that i get really frustrated when it comes to um rights being talked about it's quite frustrating when people are just like oh i've signed a petition and you think i I want you to get out on the streets or protest or something but then i know that you know that's not always feasible for everyone what is what in practical terms would you like to see more from straight people it's about the conversations again i think there are so many things that as a gay man, I just let go because if I were to argue with every, I mean, there's a word for it now, you know, microaggressions and that kind of thing. And I think mm. that, that that word is something that people shrink back from because it sounds scary and it sounds like everyone's being an activist. And I, I know that um, straight people, for example, you know, worry about saying the wrong thing or that kind of thing. But very, in a lot of situations, my voice is removed from me and people kind of speak for me or over me. So it's kind of, recognizing that and uh helping me you know have a louder voice not that I need a louder voice because I'm a bit of a bellower but (laughs) I suppose it's about having the conversations not taking things for granted not assuming that you know I'll be okay with someone making that kind of joke and that saying something really all allyship really takes is a few extra seconds of thought what was read the rainbow it was um a twitter campaign like an online literary festival if you like where for yeah there were four of us four authors from the lgbtqi spectrum um did a reading of our work and talked a bit about uh, allyship and a bit about uh, we recommended some books as well uh, so there was me and then there was gina dawson who's like a hyper famous trans author of amazing ya fiction and then there was amber Alcadi, who is a uh, non-binary uh, filmmaker but has also written a book and uh, a memoir, I think, and uh, Yasmin Benoit, who uh, is like an, an activist for asexuality, mm. which is a mm, which is it just which, which is something that's kind of you know uh, coming more to the fore recently. There was a a big uh, piece in one of the Sundays about it about three or four weeks ago. Yeah, well, exactly that because so Juno and um, Yasmin are friends of the show, and um, we love them both. And Yasmin said something really interesting before that. Um, that, that asexual um, people not being included in the conversations and that it was that was kind of her, part of her mission. There's a lack of understanding around it. I must admit that there's not, there hasn't been a lot of information out there recently. You know, you kind of, until recently, you kind of have to look for it. That's, that's another thing, I suppose, of going back to uh, the earlier question is um, Allyship is about looking for the information, not just waiting for it to come come to you. Do the work and do the investigations about what you can do, rather than waiting to be told. Because I know that there's been a, a lot, a few different you know campaigns and movements recently where the people involved have felt kind of exhausted at having to be the the professor. I mean, I don't mind telling people what to do, to be honest, but a lot of people are just kind of tired and want other you know want you to do the work rather than uh, stepping in. But Yasmin has been putting loads of information out there. It's a confusing thing, I think, because the LGBTQ uh, part is kind of really associated with, with sex, as in having sex, sex, and also um, gender. Whereas, I suppose, asexuality, well, they're not having sex mm-hmm. as such because asexuality is about not feeling sexual desire for other people. But, I mean, I didn't know until fairly recently that... Uh, asexual people do masturbate mm. it's not like they are completely switched off and have zero sexual feelings they just don't mm. feel them for other people yeah 
Oh, well, that, I thought they masturbated over me. I'm a little bit thrown now. I thought, <laughs> but that's, that's just thought that we were special. That's just yeah. disappointment. And also LGBTQ, I guess, about it being connected with sex, but also um, with kind of conflict and repression. And so yeah. there's seen that there's been a battle they've had to fight already. There's that history of activism and protest that goes with the LGBT, yeah, especially LGBT section, um, particularly. And I suppose asexual people have been left out of that simply because not a lot of people understand it. There has, on the surface of it, I suppose, never been that outright oppression of asexual people's rights, mainly because it's been kept so, I suppose, undercover or it's, a, it's more yeah. a, a private thing. Probably, probably because asexual people haven't felt comfortable discussing it because, because of all the, you know, it's kind of like a, everything feeds into each other, doesn't it? And it all turns into this huge maelstrom of a great big mess where no one knows what to say and, and that kind of thing. Because there's just such a lack of understanding and communication around it. But Yasmin's doing a great job. She's, she's everywhere at the moment. I believe yeah. she did an absolutely fantastic podcast on um, what was the name of it again, BB? Oh, what it, was, was the it, was it the one that BB Lynch hosts? Yes, with someone yes, else with that with other some, yeah. someone else. Someone else. <laughs> I mean, it's all right. That's one of the nicer names she can call me. <laughs> <laughs> no, Yas, Yas, Yasmin's great. You know what I thought as well. Sorry, Mary, Mary to interrupt, but there's um, I know allyship is needed, but. Twitter, and this is encouraging, saw a 70% growth in terms relating to it in the last, compared to June 2019. So it sounds like people are on board. Well, the conversation's happening. Yeah, I think it's, Twitter can be a, a very positive force in that regard, because I think people find it easier perhaps to have these conversations in on a medium that is quite in a way restrictive you can only say a certain amount you know and you can obviously make the threads and everything but it's kind of it's quite a it's quite a good format to have these discussions because it does encourage debate you know people can chip in everyone really is is welcome to the debate uh, i suppose it must mean that people are on board i suppose if they're talking about it at least it's a good thing rather than ignoring it um my main gripe with allyship is that nobody calls it allegiance why is it allyship Oh, what do you allegiance? Know? Yeah, what do you see as the? I don't different? mean to get old dictionary corner, but yeah, we love it. dictionary corner. Don't worry, that's, that's what it feels. It's like. anyway, I'm all ally shit. Whatever you want to call it, I'm 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 here for it. Yeah. Do you think there's a, a right way and a wrong way to approach it? Because sometimes maybe people might put their foot in it and, you know, I, I, I know that with the, when it comes to things like body positivity and uh, sex worker rights, like some people can go, oh, yeah, I think sex workers should have rights because because uh, uh, we should just be allowed to pay for it. And you just think, no, 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 there's a reason why, you know, to be an ally is to say you need to have a decriminalization to make it safer sort of thing but I also think that people within the right kind of activism sets can also be a bit too hard on people who are genuinely trying their best to be allies but come at it from a, a the wrong way do you find yeah. that that can happen with LGBTQIA alliance um uh, allegiance Allegiance. Alliance either. Alliance. <laughs> Alliance sounds a lot more stark. We, we need to get Susie Dent on this one, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, yes. I, I think there's that, there's a, a fear of both sides, isn't there? There's, mm. there's kind of the, I know as a gay man, sometimes I am tense around people who don't know me very well because I'm worried that they are going to say the wrong thing. 
mm. by the same token, they are worried that they're going to say the same, you know, say, do the same, say the wrong yeah. thing around me. So there is that fear. What I would say is that I would rather someone said something and got it wrong if the intentions were good so that they could be corrected than not say anything and have, you know, have the wrong impression and, and, mm. you know, and uh, perpetuate these ideas outside of being in contact with, for example, a gay person. I would much rather that. However, the intent has to be uh, honourable and good. And also they have to be willing to be corrected because that can sometimes be a problem. I remember a few years ago, I wrote a piece in The Guardian about the hashtag love is love, which was the pride slogan about three years ago. And I was, I have a bit of a, I mean, you know, I've maybe calmed down a bit now that I'm over a hundred years old, but back in the day, I was kind of a bit, it felt a bit like we were pandering at that point, but, you know, saying, oh, we're just like you. We fall in love. Some of us don't fall in love. Some of us just want to have sex with who we want to have sex with. Some of us just want to, I don't know, walk a guy on a lead down Regent Street one day a year if we really want to. It's not <laughs> always about love. And the love is love thing felt like we were just kind of watering things down. I'm not saying, you know, bring back the we're here, we're queer, get used to it slogans or, or maybe we should. But I'm not saying we do because I'm not sure that uh, Oxford Street is ready for that on a, on a Saturday in July. But there is something to be said about being able to, to speak out and maybe be a little bit more, um, I don't know, in your face, I suppose, mm. rather than this kind of watered down version. And the reaction I got was largely positive, but there were some straight people who were very disappointed, say, you know, and it was what was, I found interesting about it was that their allyship just dropped away immediately. This gay guy has said something I don't like, which mm. people do. LGBTQI people don't always say things that you want to hear. So now renounced, you know, I revoke my allyship. I, I step back. Some of them were saying, you know, you're the reason that there's homophobia. You yes. know, it's gay guys like you. We can't deal with it, anything right. And I thought, well, there you go then. Not allies. Yeah. You can't take the rough with the smooth. And by the way, gay people said this to me as well after reading the yeah. piece that I'd written. If you can't take the rough with the smooth and accept that sometimes there are difficult things to face and that sometimes, you know, you're not going to come off the better person in the conversation then you're not an ally. It's all about learning. And, you know, LGBTQI people can learn too. We don't always mm -hmm. get it right. I suppose a lot of us, we have a quite a complicated past or a history and we're more prone to maybe being a little bit guarded and because uh, we're always waiting for the next thing, Yeah, that kind of thing. But if, you know, if you can't cope with some middle-aged gay man saying, oh, maybe we don't all fall in love without saying, that's it, not an ally, I'm going to go and kill gay people now, then I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe you weren't an ally in the first place and I'll, I'll probably survive without you. I love that you say that you can't, you know, why should you dilute the passion or feeling behind something? So like Miri's talking about sex worker rights and I write a lot about not having children and about how the pronatalism around that and how, and when you said right at the beginning, it's bloody exhausting. And then I have to educate in a way that's palatable yeah. to them. That was what it was all about, you know, respectability politics and being palatable. I'm all, I'm all for, I don't know, it, it, made, it made it sound like I was being, a, you know, that I was going completely the other way. We live in a time of extremes, I think, don't we? So people think that if you don't agree with them, it means you hate them. Or that if you don't want this kind of, should I say, sanitised or more... Uh, family-friendly version of the LGBTQIA experience, then that what you must mean it want is dark rooms and indoctrination and, you know, a re recruitment drive dragging <laughs> defenceless teenage children off the streets and into our coven in Vauxhall. 
when really it's just about balance. I miss the RVT. <laughs> I haven't been in ages. <laughs> but it's it's about it's a, it's not just about having the conversations. It's also about letting us lead the conversations, which sometimes yeah. people have difficulty with. And I get it because a lot of the time, uh, you know, my parents are straight, so I've I, you know I know a lot about them. <laughs> straight straight people are, are used to leading that conversation, used to the one who ones who are having to be, you know, doing the doing the leading. You kind of cover this, I guess, in your book that you were terrified to read an extract from, but you did, uh, The Magnificent Sons. There's two brothers. One's a repressed bisexual, mm -hmm. and it's about their relationship and healing it. I guess within that, there's he's facing that those issues within himself, let alone with outside society. Yeah, so the, the brothers, well, the younger one is actually gay, and the older one uh, is much older, and he's bisexual, so he comes out much later than the teenage one. And the the thing with with Jake, the older bisexual brother, yeah, is that he doesn't really he knows that he is sexually attracted to men and women, but he does not know what that means mm. or how that means he should live his life. He doesn't really understand. And so that's why he keeps it down for so long. And it's only then when his brother comes out as gay to a rapturous response that he thinks that maybe it's his time. It's out now, yeah. Yeah, it is. It came out a month ago in the middle of a pandemic. Launch a book in the middle oh, of a pandemic. No. I recommend it. So you didn't even have nibbles or a launch? Not, not a single glass of rapidly oh. flattening Prosecco. Oh. Nothing. Oh, that's no is it your was it your first book? It's my second one. Oh, my God. Oh, that did your first second pick? album. <laughs> yeah. Was it? Was it like that? It was the, well, the first one was kind of very lightly autobiographical. So I kind of. That was a little bit easier, I suppose, than writing the second one, whereas I am not a repressed bisexual. <laughs> uh, so the, the second one was a bit more of a challenge, I suppose. But yeah, bringing it out in the middle of the coronavirus was certainly uh, an experience. How's the whole um, lockdown thing been for you? Well, it's, it's like months, isn't it? It's been five and mm. a half months now since it all happened. Um, I just kept myself busy uh, with work. Me and my partner just kind of were quite, we were quite good about it. We didn't break any of the rules or anything or, you know, we just kind of went for our walk. I went out cycling a lot and I just got on with mm. my work and did, you know, light worrying about family members. Yeah. But that's yeah. it really. Nothing more strenuous than that. I, got, I bought a kettlebell and swung that around my head if I felt a bit angsty. Oh, I've, nice. I've been doing face yoga, Justin. You won't notice because you don't know what I looked like before, but my cheeks look incredible. What's look. face yoga? It's this. Weird filter on. You look like you've put an Instagram filter on. I look fabulous. Yeah, it's, fabulous. Like that, it's like the yeah. face app thing where they put a grin. Yeah. Yeah, You're all right. I am here. I did yoga as well. I remember that. I, yeah, I did yoga as well for a bit, but the, the all the talking got on my nerves. Oh, <laughs> so Justin, like I hate to say again. this. I hate to say this while she's here because it feels it feels rude. But I do say this from love. Miranda's a fucking disaster when it comes to dating. Miranda, I say that from love. Thank and you. I know you're obsessed with the Guardian's Blind Day. Is there anything you've learned, Justin, from? your reviews of the blind dates that can help Miranda came to my left. Oh God, what have I learned? In, what can uh, she do? What can she do? Years? Well, don't go on a Guardian blind date. 
I absolute. Do you know what? That was sort of something that I, I think I already know. Do you know what? I tried. Is this, <laughs> what is Guardian Blind Date? Just explain that to, to for the people. For the uninitiated, for those who live in ignorant bliss, uh, <laughs> the Blind Date column has been going in The Guardian now for 11 years in the Weekend magazine. 11? Okay. 11 years. And what they do is they set up two random readers. Well, not random. Two readers. They set up two readers. Right. And, and do these readers write in and say, oh, can we just go for a day? It, it is voluntary. There is no uh, press ganging <laughs> <voluntary>. involved. <laughs> it is not uh, part of your subscription. Uh, <laughs> you, you do have to volunteer for it, I'm afraid. So they, they write these, these willing people, hapless romantics, <laughs> oh. actually write an email saying, I want to do this. Yeah. So then they are matched by uh, usually a, a girl called Nina, but she is on maternity leave at the moment. But they are matched by the, the designated person at weekend. They do a photo shoot separately. Uh, but usually they're matched at the photo shoot, actually, you know, kind of when, when the Guardian meets them, they get a kind of idea of who they'd be good for. And then they go on a, a free, they have a free meal at a, at a restaurant who wants a bit of exposure. Well, now we're talking. Now we're into it. <laughs> right. You only get one bottle of wine. Oh, <laughs> count me out. Nah. <laughs> yeah, oh, did, no. no. But, what, but what have I learned? Well, don't talk about politics. Aim low. <laughs> everyone should be aiming way the way lower than they are. <laughs> There's been there surely been some marriages though. There have. I, I went to a wedding. <gasps> I was invited for. I, I was delighted to be invited. Um, Lizzie and Tom, who went on a date originally, I think in 2016. So I so the date the blind date column's been going for 11 years, and for six years I've been reviewing them on my website the guy liner so it's a really hard thing to explain i remember when i was trying to tell my mother that i did this <laughs> she was just kind of looking at me as if i just revealed that in fact i was not her son <laughs> there had been some kind of mix-up in an incubator somewhere <laughs> um so basically i every single they, they, there is a it's a format so they're they answer the same questions they go on the date and then there are a format set questions that they all answer uh, that they both answer and it's things like um, first impressions. Uh, what did you talk about? Impeccable table manners. What were the table yeah. manners like? Oh my god! And um, Justin's you know, big on kiss. that. Yeah, I'm very big on that. And um, the the, the answers are so they are either enlightening or I can uh, rip the piss out of them. So I basically analyse every single thing they say. When I say this out loud, it sounds like um, I really should go see someone about this because. <laughs> Why am I doing this? I don't know. Anyway, I, I do do it. And to my surprise, it's really, got really successful, frighteningly so. Um, yeah, so I analyse what they say. And um, they, they score each other out of 10, which is obviously the best bit. Oh, and then the final question God. is, would you meet again? And uh, yeah, that's always the killer. Yes, as friends. Or, oh, as friends, yeah. As friends, yeah. which means no, never. Yeah. 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 Any, do, do any of them have SEX on the first date? Mm. Yeah, there were an, uh, there was an amazing um, couple, two women, in early 2019. I won't name them because they kind of want to forget this, but um, they got on like a house on fire and uh, they got off with each other. They gate crashed a party and one of them left their knickers at the party. <laughs> so I'm Look, assuming that the knickers came off Me and BB just did that reason. the one time. Yeah. Let it go, Justin. It's it just been... There was a brilliant one uh, last Christmas, a proper gift from Santa Claus, where two gay guys 
had this amazing night where they got really hammered, lost one another for hours in Soho, and then found each, their phones ran out of batteries. It was like a, it was like a, a romantic comedy. And oh. then at 4 a.m., the phone came back on and they were straight over in an Uber to get banged. <laughs> oh, the romance. Oh, the pictures uh, you, you, you paint with your words. <laughs> but you asked me about the wedding, which, yeah, Lizzie and Tom, got. Uh, they went on a date in 2016 and they got married uh, in last December. And I went to the wedding and it was beautiful. Oh. Do you think it will last? Do you think their marriage will last? Yes. I even oh. predicted in the, my review of the date that they would get married. Did you? Yeah, well, if you if you went with your partner, would you do one of the blind dates? Are you no. hoping that the guardian would pluck you out? Oh, come on! Absolutely not. <laughs> not a million years. Are you serious? <laughs> no, there was years ago. The Observer had a column called um, "Oh, Behind the Date" or something, and it was basically if you were on a dating website, mm. they went deeper into your profile, and I was on that, so I was in the magazine. It was just me, and they they went into my pro, they interviewed me, and went into my dating profile and picked out. Things that I'd said, like, I like curtain twitching and crumpets. <gasps> Stupid oh thing to say. <laughs> and yeah, I got an incredible amount of interest. And but but, but right, I'm I just learned... gonna make a note. But what I learned from that was that um if you put yourself out there, out there, then people will try to get in there, in there. And so my Facebook inbox was crammed with men. Uh wanting to like do stuff to me it's horrendous <laughs> it's horrendous <laughs> i got a brilliant instant message the other day from some man, oh i mean obviously i'm sure he doesn't even exist and um, my surname's lynch and and the message just went hello lynch <laughs> what a what a keeper oh, uh, justin romance. what's what's next for you not well, today the, not today no uh, the paperback of the magnificent sons is out uh, next year uh, I'm working on, I've just finished working on my third book. So hopefully there'll be some news about that soon. Ooh. I'm just working away, growing Aww. old gracefully, you know, thankful to wake up with a full head of hair every morning. You have got um, great <laughs> hair. What product do you use? Bl- blow dried it, especially for today, because <laughs> it's a Zoom. <laughs> um, products, I use Kiehl's uh, Silk and Groom before drying, and then Ruffian's Wax after. Ruffians. Oh. What do you think Keir Starmer uses? Oh God, think people think it. I look like Keir Starmer. There's oh, a yeah. bit of Keir there going there on, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's that's in, not a bad thing. He's, <laughs> he's not. He's lovely. What is he? Yeah. He kind of You're... looks, he looks a bit like, I don't know, he doesn't get, he doesn't eat healthily enough. There's something, he looks like <laughs> very stressed <laughs> or I don't know what it is. He has a quite a, I don't know, quite a running for the bus permanently vibe about him. interesting good face. Well, oh, would you be surprised? He has to go up against Boris Johnson every day. He has to look at someone. That is like going up against the fucking intern and seeing why is the intern got a promotion <laughs> over me when I've been doing this for 20 years. And instead, it's just someone who looks like they've got a constant fucking vibrator up their ass doing nothing like i can be prime minister sorry justin this is miranda politics don't talk about politics 
Boris it should just, be a terrible blind date already. Boris just looks like a, a Hoover bag that's been emptied out on the floor. <laughs> so uncool. That's putting it nicely. Yeah, uncool. that was that was that was a, that was a compliment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah stop flirting with Boris Johnson. Yeah. So I think you look like Keir Starmer and um, who was the priest in Fleabag? Andrew Scott. Yeah. Andrew Scott. I'll take that one. <laughs> yeah. I'll take yeah. that one. Yeah, have that. I don't know, uh, but I'll take that. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so lovely to speak Thank to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you very if much. If people want to find out more details, where can they get hold of you? Okay, so they can come to my website, theguyliner.com, or they can find me on most social media channels at theguyliner. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. You did it. You did but it. No, no, no DMs, please. <laughs> Too none, late. Of that. none of that. Too late. No, no nudes. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Good luck with the book. Thank you very um, much. Thank you so much for having it's, me. It's absolute pleasure, and we'll see you soon, hopefully. Cheers. Thank you. So, Miranda, mm. what did you learn today, please? Um, In I school, learned... what did you do? <laughs> thank you, headmistress. I learned uh, it's. Do you know what? It's one of these things where if you are doing an activism of a sort, then it's the kind of thing that you try and say to people, which is, you are going to be wrong. You're going to be wrong, but don't be afraid to be told when you're going to be right. If you're not in the life, if you're not LGBTQIA, then, you know, you are coming at it from a, a totally new angle. And that's fine. It's okay to be wrong as long as you come at it going, I know I'm going to be wrong and get things mixed up here. So I'm more than happy to take on the feedback and to learn from yeah. this. You and know, I learn. think that's really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was super interesting. Um, he's lovely, isn't he? Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. I like his up down, outside down flats and his hair. Great hair. I love his hair. So, yeah, I've learned a lot. I've learned maybe too much. Yeah, too much I'm also. To share with, well, I'm also a bit worried that, like, if if we went on the Guardian blind date thing, we would be the booby prize. Um, the. <laughs> hey! <laughs> what do you mean? I can't. I'm so overdating. I can't yeah. bear it. I can't no. bear it. I can't bear it. <laughs> we'll just I'm, talk. We'll just talk about it instead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll just, just make just make the dollar. Um, yeah. My name is Bibi Lynch. I'm Randa Kane. The Good Sex, Bad Sex was produced by Juliette Nichols from Metro.co.uk. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Good Sex, Bad Sex with the triple X at the end. Is, we're still doing that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and also, if you have a sexy question or a query or want to suggest coming on to the show, podcast rather, uh, get in touch, info at sexpod.co.uk. And we will see you next week.